Praise the Lord, everyone. Good evening. All ye hale and hearty. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome to Calvary Gospel Church. If you're with us online, we're grateful that you have joined us. And of course, if you're here in person, we're grateful that you are here. We want to welcome you. Uh, we would like to connect with you beyond this service if you are willing. If you're here in person, we, we do have a kiosk out in the vestibule. You can get a share a few points of information. We have a small gift for you. You can grab one of the ushers. They can get that information and share with the gift with you. We do have several giving options. You can give uh, in one of the offering boxes that are on the wall as you enter the sanctuary, the entrance, the doorways to the sanctuary, the wall there is a, a small box you can put your offering in. You can mail it in, you can go to our website, or you can give through our church app, uh, through the app, which is Church Center. Uh, and you can find Calvary Gospel Church there and follow all the prompts, of course. Uh, praise God. Good to be in the house of the Lord. We do have some sad news to share. If you are unaware of it, uh, Brother Pat Huber passed away uh, last week, and uh, his funeral will be taking place um, I wrote down everything but the day, Pastor. Friday uh, at uh, visitation at 11 o'clock, and uh, the service will begin at 1 o'clock at Ryan Funeral Home on Sherman Avenue, uh, funeral for uh, our brother, Pat Huber. Uh, so if you are able to make that, please keep that in mind. Uh, then also coming up on January 25th and 26th, was our midwinter camp meeting at Parkway Church in Oak Creek. Uh, there will be service at 645 on Thursday evening, the 25th, and then Friday, 9.30 a.m. Uh, and 6.45 p.m. And there's information concerning that uh, on the doors and posted around the building. Uh, Rodney Shaw, Brother Gene, and uh, our district superintendent, Brother Jim Booker, will be speakers. And... Uh, it's always a blessing to get together with God's people from around the area. Uh, and these are outstanding men of God, outstanding speakers. You will be blessed uh, with the worship and with the preaching and teaching. Amen. Our contribution statements from 2023 are being sent out. Uh, they're in the email to the email address that we have in the system. So you, if you aren't receiving that in your email, you may want to check and make sure uh, through the church app you can check your email and uh, see if it's prop it's the correct information in our uh, church app. If you uh, want a paper copy, please talk to Pastor Jessica or Sister Lois. Uh, if you need to update your e email, you find out that you need to update it, you can do so right in the church center app. Any questions about contribution statements, see Pastor Jessica. Uh, church center app questions, you can see Pastor Phil. Amen. Let's uh, stand and go to the Lord in prayer, if you're able. Of course, pray for the Huber family. Uh, there are a number of people struggling with health issues. If you have a need this evening, uh, please identify that uh, just by the lifting of your hands. And if you feel comfortable with someone near you praying with you, please allow them to do that. Um, we, uh, the Bible says when two or three are gathered together, uh, He's there 
but it also says that we need to have people walk alongside of us in order to be successful in our journey. So if you feel comfortable with someone praying with you, that binding together will increase faith. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence here tonight. We thank you for your mercy and grace, O oh God, which endure through every circumstance and every trial. We ask, O oh God, for your blessing on this evening's service upon our pastor as he ministers to us in the Word of God and upon everyone who hears this Word and is a part of this worship. Let your virtue and your blessing, God, flow to us and through us, not only for our sake, but for the sake of those that we know and meet in the days to come. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.
you God I thank you God for what you're going to do in this service tonight Lord Jesus God we praise you God we worship you let's just lift up our voices tonight hallelujah Jesus we praise you Lord we worship you God you are mighty God hallelujah Jesus we thank you Jesus we love you and worship you God for you are great and mighty Jesus speak the name of Jesus and over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus and I just want speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is your name is healing. Your name is life. 
Lord, church. He is worthy of it all. Thank you, Sister Lazy. Beautiful, beautiful worship here tonight. Before we sit down, I just want everyone to turn and look back at the sound booth and the overhead back there. Can everybody just turn and say congratulations to John and Jess Rivas for 20 years of marriage, Pastor Jess? It's their 20th anniversary today, I believe. Congratulations to you guys. You can be seated. We've been doing a series on opportunity. Opportunity knocks. This has been our lead-in series for this year. We've been reading from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15. Starting there in the NIV, be very careful then how you live. Not as, wise, as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil, is how the King James puts it. But making the most of every opportunity. And we started this series with an introduction. We covered about dealing with fear, being our greatest opponent. We talked about God providing the opportunity and our need to step up and step in to people's lives. And tonight in this lesson, I wish to continue on with our theme and start with this point, but we look into the Scripture, we can glean much from Scripture. We talk about, I believe that God's Word, Bishop has, has kind of pounded this into us for 42 plus years of his ministry here. I believe that God's word is indeed a manual in which we can live our lives by. And if we look into the Old Testament, we can find all kinds of unique and interesting stories and accounts as well as people. But we can read in Genesis chapters 40 and verse 41 that anytime God desires to use us, he can use us and he can use us in whatever capacity that we make ourselves available. Here we find the story of Joseph who was sold into slavery by his brothers. Many of you have heard this story and are familiar with this story and ended up being sold to a caravan from Midian. The Midianites ends up in Egypt on an auction block sold into the house of Potiphar, which history tells us that Potiphar ran the prison system of Egypt and uh, ended up in Potiphar's house, a very wealthy Egyptian man. He ended up running the household and everything that he did prospered. Now, if we were to just look at Joseph, when he was at home, he he tended to, to look like the spoiled child. He was the dad's favorite. Dad spoiled him. And uh, God had given him some dreams, and he took those dreams and kind of used that to rub it into his, his brothers, <laughs> kind of rub their nose in it. You might look at Joseph and say, well, he was kind of a spoiled brat, and he needed some he needed a little bit of life to kind of bring him down to a little bit of reality, but life hit him, and life hit him very hard, and his Potiphar's wife uh, lied about him, 
said that he had made advances at her and all this and that. You can continue. You can read the story in those chapters. But eventually, through all of this, <laughs> he became the prime minister, if you could put it that, the prime minister, second under Pharaoh and the great, mighty Egyptian empire. So we have to understand something, that God will take anyone that is available and use them as little or as much and as often as he desires. So we have to understand that we must take opportunities. When God gives us an opportunity, we must take that opportunity and we must take opportunities to do something that is rewardable. You think about Joseph and this opportunity that God had given him. His reward was basically being united, reunited with his family. But not only that, all of, all of Israel was saved. All of Canaan was saved. It was just in its infancy stages. There was no nation of Israel at that time. Joseph's family was the nation of Israel, <laughs> some 70 of them. But you see... God took them all the way to Egypt, and when you look at the story of the Israelites and you look at the opportunity that presented itself in Egypt, you can read in Scripture that they didn't get great <laughs> in Israel. They became a mighty nation in Egypt. That's where they learned how to build. That's where they learned how to, how to work together as a people. And they went in numbering 70 and they came out. Some speculation is two to three million of them when they left. So take an opportunity to do something rewardable. We must be very sensitive in this year. When I say sensitive, I just, I just mean just paying attention. Walking around with our eyes open, our spiritual eyes open as we seek after fresh opportunities to do something that is rewardable, something that adds value into the life of someone else. We must also seek after opportunities to meet remarkable and amazing people. Understand something, if you took people out of the equation here on earth, well, we wouldn't know, would we? <laughs> Everything we do relates to people. Our problems, our situations, our struggles we have typically are with people. Our differences we have are typically with people. So we must seek after opportunities to meet remarkable and amazing people. Many people we have met, in fact, so many people over the years, when you think about all the people collectively in your life that you have met, or perhaps all of those people that maybe in your life you have met them and perhaps because you didn't quite click with them, you ignored them or you undervalued them, not knowing that your contact with them could possibly launch you or launch this church into a revival. Look at all of the people that we meet and all the people that we rub shoulders with, and we have to let our attitudes towards people be right at all times because they just might be a doorway to our 
or your next level. We don't know who that next person that you witness to or talk to, the influence that they have and the people that they have influence over. You never know where that is going to end up. Just like I'm sure that Joseph's brothers, when they sold him into slavery that day out of anger, never ever realized <laughs> the impact that Joseph was going to have on their future lives and on the lives of the world. So listen, we need to position ourselves to be in the right place at the right time as you are today. Now, time is going to pass. January is going to pass, going to fade into history. This series on opportunities is going to pass, and it's going to fade into our memories, history. Now, if over the next five years you don't begin to apply some of these things in your life, two things, I guess, really, is we need to remember, number one, we need to place the right people you meet in life, which I would call them vision helpers in your life. We have a number of young couples that are planting churches here and a number of people that are helping them in those church plants. It is very, very critical that we take and place the right people in our lives. And I call these people, they can just, someone to help you along that vision. Number two is surprisingly, I think it's very critical if you want to change your life for the next five years, three to five, one to five, however long, is what you read. Not very many of us read books anymore. <laughs> Most of us don't go to bookstores or very few bookstores around. We do everything on our Kindle or online. There have been a number of people in my life over the last 25 years. Now, all of these people that I'm going to mention here, none of them have ever come to Calvary Gospel Church. None of them are saved, to my knowledge. But God used them to empower me and to direct me. And yes, surprisingly, even push me into God's plan for my life. If it had not been for a hunger to go through McDonald's drive through <laughs> On Northport Drive, on an afternoon, and after I pulled through the drive-thru and got my Big Mac and fries and Coke, and I noticed a gentleman in a pickup truck that I recognized, and he motioned for me to get out of my vehicle and to get into his vehicle. And I got into his vehicle, and he began to share with me some very practical tips on starting and being your own boss and being starting your own business. His name was Tommy Hatfield, and he owned TMH Masonry out of Wanakee. And the words that he shared with me that day still have impacted my life to today. Mike Waring, owner of Advanced Electric, God used him when we started our own plumbing business, and God used Mike 
and used his brother Brad in such a mighty way in my own life. These are people that you've never met. I think Jimmy Rivis probably knows all of them. But these are people that had an impact on my life as well as many in the church. But I'm talking, I want us to start to think about those people outside of these four walls that can have an impact in our lives and can help direct our lives and bring us to where God desires us to be. Now, I've said this many times, you need to have good advice in your life and godly advice. We have to understand sometimes God can use people (laughs) that you would never think that he would use to speak into your life or to guide you at times in your life. And I think a perfect example of this when we look into Scripture is when we look at King Nebuchadnezzar. We look at Nebuchadnezzar as as kind of a heathen, wicked king, but God used him in some powerful, mighty ways. Most of biblical prophetics, prophecy, so much of it is built off of this man's dream or vision that God gave him. Why did God give that to a heathen king? Because of his influence. <laughs> because of his power and because of his authority. And everybody knew that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and a vision. But you see, God coupled that with Daniel. The dream and the vision was was fuzzy. He didn't understand the meaning. But you see, God sometimes will couple his prophets with heathen kings or his people with people that don't attend or are non-believers. So we can never bypass or skip or underestimate this process that God will use anyone. Did you hear that? God will use anyone to accomplish his purpose in our lives. So this year we need to take opportunities to meet some remarkable and amazing people, and let God be God. Next is we need to have opportunities to give or to sow something blessable into other people. We have a lot of people that sow good seeds, and you have a lot of people that sow bad seeds. And I just want to give you a quick little lesson here. You may have come into the church as of recent, and you may be reaping some of your bad seeds. It's going to happen. I just want to warn you, God doesn't always take away your weed bed when you come into the church. Sometimes you reap weeds. You you sow weeds because you were planting weeds. And sometimes as young people, We have this, we think that we're exempt, and I just want to challenge some of our young people here. When I say young people, that's anybody that's under 61. So so you have to understand that you do and you will reap what you sow. If you sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. I promise you, you will not get around that principle. Ever. You can repent of your sins. You can get 
baptized and you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and you can still reap a whirlwind. God will help you through that if you're humble, but sometimes God uses that whirlwind to teach us humility. Sometimes we can have so much pride and so much arrogance that we think we know it all, and then life turns, and before we know it, we are reaping what we've sown, and if you want to stop sowing weeds, then stop planting weeds, okay? So we need... It's a whole series within itself. So opportunities to give or sow something that's blessable, something that God can bless. We can read in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 6, and the NIV, speaking of King Solomon. Now, Solomon's another one of those guys that started off on the right path, but because he became so successful and God blessed him in such a way, he seemed to stray and forget. But reading here in King Solomon and the entire assembly, assembly of Israel that had gathered about him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. That's a lot. Many of us do not know that each time you have an opportunity to give, God is setting you up for a blessing. I want to challenge you tonight. I don't get up here very often. You don't ever hear me preach about you need to pay your tithes. Very rarely do I speak about paying tithes. Very rarely do I speak about giving uh, to the church. We, we do announce different ways that you can give, but I'm not one to sit up here and just say, hey, church, we need money, we need this, we need that, um, because I believe that God can use our giving to bless us, and I believe that God can set us up for a blessing, so Back to the law of sowing and reaping, you reap what you sow. Some people here are blessed generously, and that is because they sow generously. We have some business owners in this church that support this church and support it very well, as well as people that work in professional positions all across this community and this county, and they support the church, and God blesses them well. So when they drive in with a new truck or they buy a new home, I'm tickled pink because God's blessing them. You want God's blessings? Now, this isn't just financial blessings. There's more than just money in this life, folks, okay? I, I would rather be broke financially, but that's kind of, God doesn't work that way. So it's hard to be broke financially and blessed spiritually. You may not have the most of everything, but you're not broke. You're not starving to death. God can set you up for a blessing, and many people prefer to do mundane things with their money than giving money to God or to the ministry. When I say to the ministry, I'm not talking about Pastor Roy's bank account or a pastoral staff's bank account. I'm talking about sowing into our community and ministry 
as we are doing in our church plants and such. Solomon had the idea to give to God. Now you have to understand, where did he get this idea from? He got this idea from his father because his father was a giver. His father was a giver, but Solomon was a double giver. (laughs) He learned how to give at an early age, and God used that to propel him in his ministry or in his kingdom or as king of Israel to where his kingdom, his notoriety was worldwide. Everyone knew of Solomon and his glory and his wealth. Solomon provoked God through his giving, and God gave him basically a blank check and said, Solomon, fill this out with whatever you would like to put on it. So what would you give to God? What do you have that you could give to God that would provoke God enough to give you a blank check in your life? Think about that for a minute. This next year, you need to take the opportunity to listen to a good message. That's something that I'm preaching or something that anyone here perhaps is preaching, but there's a lot of good messages, a lot of good ministers, a lot of good preachers within our organization. You need to take the opportunity to hear a challenging message or read a book. I want to challenge you this year to read a book. Now, I know some of you are working on your local license, and you've probably read more books in the last few months than you've read in the last few years. I looked over there at Josh Stone because he's been keeping me up to date on his book reading. (laughs) It's different when you have to read a book or when you take the opportunity to read a book. Now, I have a number of books that I read, and... I, I, I read all different types of books, and uh, I don't just read uh, spiritual books. I love history, so sometimes I'm in the middle of reading a, 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 a historical book that is interesting that was given to me by a brother in the church, and then I also have other books, so I kind of mix them up a little bit. But you see, the Word of God is designed to make you better. Did you hear that? The Word of God is designed to make you better, not bitter. If you're becoming bitter, you're reading the wrong stuff. It's designed to make you better. It's designed to improve your Christian life. This book we term as the Holy Bible is designed to improve our lives. And each time you hear a good message, you need to listen to it over and over and over again. And you will soon discover that you've gotten some great truths out of that message. I remember years ago, it was back in 1993, 92, 93, somewhere around there. Brother John Seidel went to a home mission seminar in which Brother Mike Williams preached a message. And that message was titled, The Stink Will Not Stop Him. 
And he came back and he gave me that CD. How many of you remember CDs? wasn't on cassette, it was on a CD. Gave me that CD, and I can't tell you, Brother Seidel, how many times that I have listened to that message over and over and over and over and over again. And it has encouraged me, especially pastoring and getting to the position of pastoring, that our flesh is constantly going to stink. And it's going to constantly be in our way. But we have to understand something, that Jesus will continue to work in our lives in spite of our stink. That's the essence of the message. And it's been very encouraging. So, listen over and over. You are going to discover something, and you will get some truth out of it. And you will see that your life perhaps will never be the same. 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul, as he writes to a young minister, Timothy, that he's mentoring in the gospel, he says, study to show thyself approved. (laughs) There's a lot of problems with just that statement. And what I mean by that is, is a lot of us want to be approved. The whole world today wants the young people. We all want to be approved, but none of us want to go through any process or any work to get there. That's why we give out participation trophies for non-participating. You get a trophy like everyone else. I remember back in the day, back in the old time way, where that you didn't get a first place trophy unless you came in first place. I'm sorry to break your bubble if you're one of those that feels everybody should get a participation trophy, but if you're first place, you need to get a first place trophy. And second place, a second place trophy, and third place. And if you came in fifth place, then you need to work harder. You need to run a little faster. You need to swim a little faster. What would be the point? I remember, I just got to stop here. I remember years ago, my wife and I, we went and visited some friends, and they had some kids, and we're going to play a game of Scrabble. Not, no, it wasn't Scrabble, Trouble. That's where it What's the one you pop the little bubble? Trouble, okay. So you had that little bubble, and you popped it, and there's four colors, I think, red, green, blue, yellow. We're playing Trouble. And, man, I'm just like gung-ho to win until the mother finally says, oh, no one wins in our household. We all, we all share, we all share the victory. And I'm like, no, whoever gets all their pegs in the hole wins. You don't get all your pegs back in the finish slot there. You don't win. Didn't matter how hard I tried or what I did. So you know what happened? I'm like, well, what's the point in playing this game? Then put it away. Let's have some pizza or something. You got to play. I'm not really super competitive, but can you just imagine a Super Bowl that if it, it didn't matter who won, <laughs> would you watch it? Ah, it doesn't matter. Well, why even play it then? Study to show yourself approved. Not unto men, but unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need an opportunity this year to live and to rule or coordinate 
with people and places. It's an opportunity to be a husband to your wife. I consider it a, a great honor to have Lois Grant as my wife. And I do my best to be a good husband. Oh, I pick on her sometimes, but you guys don't see how she picks on me when you're not around. I pick on her sometimes, and she likes it. I can, I can tell. <laughs> want to be a good husband to my wife, or maybe you want to be a good wife to your husband. You want an opportunity to be a blessing on your job whatever department or whatever office that you work in or school, whatever institution you may be learning, wherever that may be, either as a teacher or a student, to, to be a, a, a Christian, a believer, a worker, or a member of your church. There's no position you occupy today that someone else cannot occupy. <laughs> I promise you, if, if something happened to me this week and my funeral was next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day you decided, there's going to be somebody else up here taking my place. That's just how it works. And I've heard the statement said that if you take a bucket of water and you put your finger in it and you pull your finger out, the hole that's left is the spot. That's how much you'll be missed. Um... That's kind of a little crude. I like to think I'm worth a little more than that. But nevertheless, you have to remember that, that, that life has a way of coming and going. And at some point in time, everyone in this building is going to be replaced by somebody else. So when we're privileged to coordinate with any group of people, whether it's in a ministry at church or maybe it's on your job, perhaps you've been asked to, to lead a, a focus group on your job, or maybe perhaps a, you're, you're working on projects, as Brother Peter works for uh, Findorf Construction, and he leads construction teams. Whenever you're privileged to coordinate any group of people, whether it's church, whether it's your job, perhaps maybe it's within our district here, Realize that this is an opportunity from God. And it is not a result all the time, perhaps, of what we may or may not be doing. Because God will put us into places as we begin to pray, or if we prayed and we fasted, God will position ourselves, our position you, position me, position our church. Example of that is a number of years ago, I, I gave a presentation to our district leadership. All of the leaders from the district of every ministry were there. I was not involved in any leadership in the district at the time. And I gave the presentation, and at the ending of the presentation, as I walked out, the, our acting superintendent, bishop at that time, was Brother Putnam. He just leans over and says, oh, by the way, he says, I've appointed you as the new camp renovation coordinator. And I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Really? Now, 
I didn't say much. I mean, Brother Putnam, he's kind of a he's kind of a big guy. And um I admired him a lot. I looked up to him physically and spiritually. And uh I said, Okay, Bishop, um, I'll wait for your call and he called me and laid everything out, told me what I was gonna be doing and how he wanted it done, and I began to work on our camp. Now, my dad warned me, said, son, that'll eat you up, because he had been over the camp for a number of years. So uh, I got involved in it, and I determined, and I told Brother Putnam, I said, I'll commit to 10 years, and uh, I feel that what we need to, to do, we can do within the 10 years, and I'll commit to 10 years. So my wife and I, we committed to 10 years of, of this. But you see, an example of that, I didn't realize at the time, that God was using something I knew how to do physically to take and help advance me spiritually in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not looking to advance. I have no desire. Uh, to, to, I'm, I'm, I'm back to just doing the camp, but we were presbyter for a little while, and I enjoyed that, and uh, I, I didn't, I, something I, I didn't want to do long term. I didn't feel that, that, that I, I don't like meetings, okay? I'm just telling you. If you want to set a meeting up, then we can set a meeting up. But I'm not one that's like, let's get something resolved here because this, this four or five times of meeting and have to meet again and have to meet. No, no, no. Let's get it, let's get it laid out. Let's get it planned out. Let's get a plan of action. Let's get it done. And uh, so, so but, but because of that opportunity to take over working at the campground, it afforded me the opportunity to, to become presbyter and then to become na over our NAM, uh, North American Missions here in, in the district for a short time. But you see, those opportunities were invaluable to me because I've learned, I've learned so many different things from those. And you don't have to be in a position a lifetime to learn some valuable lessons from those. But you see, because God allowed me to step in and allowed me to work with other people outside of my comfort zone. My ministry was able to grow, and I was able to grow. So this next year, this next season, as a church, as an individual sitting on the pews of this church, we need to pray and we need to continually be looking for opportunities for us to get involved and to visit what I call just notable places, to go places and to do notable things. When doors open for us to visit these places or use to visit, perhaps that many of us would long to be able to have that opportunity and God opens it up for you. Don't take it for granted. God opens up an opportunity on your job. Think about this. Before you say, no, I don't want the responsibility, maybe God is wanting to use that to grow and expand your ministry. It's a shock that when God saved you, filled you with the Holy Ghost, you repented of your sins and you were baptized, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of your process as a Christian. That's the beginning of your, of your journey. 
So many times we think, well, I've got the Holy Ghost and baptized, repented, okay, I'm good to go. Yeah, that's the start. That's like, that's like you're down in the starting blocks and you're going to take off in a race for, for track and your feet are in the starting blocks and the pistol goes off. That's the Holy Ghost. Now you got to run 400 yards or a mile or however long your journey is. But that's just the start. So when doors open for us to visit places, take that opportunity. Don't take it for granted. Joseph had an opportunity to visit the land of Egypt. <laughs> Think about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those travel posters, visit exotic Egypt, come see the pyramids. I don't think that's what Joseph had in mind, and I don't think that's the kind of experience that he had. But nevertheless, he used that opportunity. And nowhere in the book of Genesis, chapter 40, 41, where the story unfolds, do we hear about him griping and complaining about his stupid brothers his selfish brothers. <laughs> I tell you, that lady that lied on me, you don't hear him complaining about Potiphar, his household. You don't hear him complaining about the, the terrible conditions in the Egyptian penal system. You don't hear any of that. He used his opportunity. And for us, camps, conferences, when you travel, you go to other churches as well as other places, local, get out and meet people. Your town halls. I love doing this. Whenever there's a police officer, either a county, state patrol, or a city, in any of the drive throughs that I go through, I just always make it a habit to tell the lady or guy at the window, I want to pay for the officer behind me. <laughs> Some of you have been with me. I'll, I'll go over to Hy-Vee or to Mod Pizza, Pastor Phil's favorite pizza place. Go to Mod Pizza, and many times we've been over there, and men and women in uniform have come in, and I'm like, I want to buy their lunch. I don't go up to them and say, hey, I bought your lunch today. <laughs> No, I just, I just want to do something notable, something rewardable. So local fire departments, I just, I just want to make a difference. I want my town hall, the local restaurants that I visit, I want them to, to be favorable. I want to have a good relationship Instead of that, it's a guy that comes in and never tips. <laughs> My wife and I have literally done this. I'm not bragging or boasting, but we've watched people give waitresses hard times and waitresses or waiters struggle, and the people leave, and they live, leave very little or no tip, and we've gone by and put money on the table because that poor gal, that poor guy, sometimes there's just a lot of jerks out there that are very demanding. 
and people trying hard and working hard, and sometimes they may be the, we went into Chili's yesterday. The lady said, it's going to be a little while. There's only one waitress here. Only got one waitress for the whole restaurant. I got one cook in the back. We just decided that we're going to go, go somewhere else. We didn't have time to, to wait. But what would have been really bad is if we'd have had time to wait, and then we waited knowing that, and then we just give that gal or that guy a hard time. You see, we need to take every opportunity to visit notable places or do notable things. You can stand for musicians, worship team can come. And then my last point tonight is we need every opportunity that we can have to continue in this process of surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but this flesh, what you see here, what you look at and label as Pastor Roy, he can be really cantankerous and hard to deal with sometimes. He can be egotistical. He can be judgmental. He can be rude. He can be kind. He can be nice. He can be polite. You know, sometimes you go to bed, you're Dr. Jekyll, and you wake up Mr. Hyde. You wonder how in the world does that happen? Because my flesh, we, I, I struggle when God says, I want you to do this. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I've got this and this I haven't done yet. Well, why haven't you done this? You know, we could, we could go around and I hurt. I complain. <laughs> but we need to take every opportunity to say, Lord, today, before I leave my house, before I go out into the workplace, before I go to the restaurant and get my breakfast or whatever it may be, Lord, before I do anything, I want to surrender. I want to take this opportunity to surrender my life today to you. And I want to do this every day. I want to do it every day. You see, when we were born again, we allowed or we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives. I like to use the word allowed because I don't like the word accepted, but, but we really allow him in because he doesn't barge his way in. He doesn't look at us and say, you're repenting today or I'm going to burn you down to nothing. He allows us. and If we don't want it, he's not going to push himself. And we became partakers when we accepted. When I said, Lord... I repent of my sins. I want to be baptized in your name. And I speak in tongues, receive the Holy Ghost. We become partakers of a golden opportunity. But a life without Jesus Christ is always going to be full of crisis. A lot of us have had crisis. We'll continue to have crisis, but we have Jesus Christ to help us. But I can't imagine what it would be like to go through life with no Jesus. Because that's where a lot of people in our world today are.
No Jesus, no future, no eternity in heaven. I want Jesus, I want a future, and I want to live. I want to I make it to heaven. I want to I finish this race that I started back in 1976. Opportunity is knocking. Opportunity is knocking. So as we open up this altar tonight, as our sister Lindsay begins to sing, I just want us to challenge ourselves with these points I laid out tonight. Somebody in your life that you know God's placed in your life, I want you to pray for them tonight. You go. Somebody's pouring their heart out to you at the lunch table. Pray for them tonight. Somebody you work with, maybe they just got a a poor diagnosis of a health situation or issue. I you to pray for them tonight. A family member you've been praying for, pray for them tonight. A brother or sister that shared some struggles they're going through, you pray for them tonight. Pray for us. Pray for yourself. Say, God, I want to do what you've called me to do, God. I want my testimony. I want my testimony. My life is a testimony, and I want to share that. I want to share what you've done. God bless you.